What is Peace Brain? Peace Brain is the synergistic connection between our mental and emotional bodies, blending the electrical power of the mind with the magnetic force of the heart. Listen and explore how to create unity worldwide as we blend science and metaphysics and open our hearts and minds to the possibilities of peace on earth and create the life we are each destined for. Featured guests range from angel communicators to zoologists and everything in between. Now here is your host, Dr. Gail Lash. Hello and welcome to the Peace Brain Show. This is your host, Dr. Gail Lash, and I'm so happy to have you here today. Today we're going to talk about animal stories, and I am here in Belize, Central America, having an amazing experience that I want to share with you. Um, this, this show could be called Talking with the Animals, or Animal Stories, or <laughs> Animals in Belize. I've had this amazing experiences in the last couple of months while we've been here, and I want to talk to you about them, and not only that, but then how we can talk to the animals, how we can learn lessons from them, and what they are really doing to, to give us those lessons in life uh, that we need to learn. Uh, I'm sure we, that happens with your, if you have any domestic animals that live with you. There are always lessons that they're teaching you. And you may hear in the background, you might, you may or not, may not, the birds that are singing right now. Um, it, is a, it is an opportunity for us to learn from the animals every day. And then to make agreements with them. And what I mean by that is some of the stories that we're going to be talking about today are animals that I really did not want to be in our house. <laughs> or in my life in particular, uh, and how we can make agreements with them to, to be aware and safe and in balance and harmony with, between animals and humans. So, let's start. Uh, let me just tell you a little story. We came to Belize about two months ago. This is May 2020 right now, and almost June and we came to Belize just before the COVID-19 um, hit Belize. So Belize was a COVID-19 free country when we came, which was amazing. They are now as well. It, all the cases have uh, been resolved. And, and for the last month or so, there's been no, no cases of the virus here in Belize but the borders are closed. So I just throw that in, in that the fears here in the country are probably less in the mass fear. We're going to talk about energy today, and this is what this is important to, to mention, is that fear around the world is very high. And this is something that doesn't serve, how can I put this, it doesn't serve any of us to be in fear. Um, Someone once told me fear stands for, F-E-A-R, stands for false experiences appearing real. 
or false expectations appearing real. Um, truly, and I, and I certainly, my sympathies goes out to and my condolences to anyone who has been affected by COVID-19 and who has lost loved ones. I, I am deeply sad for you and send you my love and light. I know that this is a hard time for all of the world. Uh, it is a, a time of change and balance. And that is truly what the virus, what the animals, what the elementals, the earth, air, fire, and water, uh, are wanting us to, to experience, to wanting us to know. It's about being in balance. And that's really important to keep in mind here. Is when things are in balance, things are harmonious, things are are in that sacred space of the the fulcrum of the scale, the that point of balance. If you remember as a kid, if you ever had a seesaw, <laughs> a teeter totter, and you played with your friend, each of you at the end of a board with a pivot in the middle, and you'd go up and down depending on the weight of the other person, whether you pushed off or not. It's the scale, like the scales of justice, if you will, being in that balance, that equilibrium point. And the world has gotten terribly out of balance, terribly out of equilibrium. And certainly that is what this, this um, pandemic is all about. Is about bringing us back into balance or helping humanity come to this place where we start to work with Mother Earth, we start to work with the animals, we start to work with the elementals, we start to realize that we're part of this life picture on the planet. So going back to fear, what I was talking about is mass fear is an energy, and it's an energy of change. It's an energy like the law of attraction that draws you draw to you what you put out there. So when you put out the the um, interesting sounds here <laughs> that I'm hearing here in Belize. Um, anyway, uh, there was a car I think or a, a truck. Uh, we have been having airplanes for a while. I'm digressing for a moment because it was such a dry season and there were lots of fires. There were airplanes flying overhead, dropping water on the bushfires. Now the rains have come. It rained really loud last night and this morning. And, um, and fortunately, the rains are here, it looks like sporadically at least, until the rainy season gets going uh, to put out the fires. But it's a, it's a time where mass fear can really affect you and affect your body, and affect your mental state. Uh, and, I, and of course it's up to you whether it affects you or not. You have choice. And this is the point of today's radio show, is really about we can learn the lessons from these places of fear, from these places of uncertainty, and choose what vibration we want to put out there to the world, and have that manifest in our life, that new vibration. That's what the world is learning. So back to the animals. <laughs> um, again, we moved here a couple months ago, and we brought our dogs with us. We have three small dogs. They are of the breed Coton de Tulliar, which is originally from Madagascar. 
They are the royal dog of Madagascar, actually. And many years ago, I was studying at Duke University, which has a lemur colony, Duke Primate Center, and lemurs are from Madagascar. And I was, I, I am a biologist by training. I was studying animal behavior and animal cognition and doing studies on the lemurs there at the primate center. And I met a gentleman who had just come back from Madagascar, and he had brought these dogs from the country to start breeding them here in the, Uni- or in the United States, where I used to live. <laughs> um, and so I ended up being introduced to the dogs there, and, and then shortly afterwards getting some of these dogs, or one of these dogs, and then uh, getting a female to go with the male I had, and beginning breeding our line of Coton de Tulier dogs. So that was many years ago. And what we have now is a mother with her two, her two pups who are three years old, so they're certainly not puppies anymore, but um, a son and a daughter. And so we have our three dogs with us. And they came on the plane. Fortunately, they're small enough they could go in the cabin, fly on the, under the seat with us as as a carry-on luggage. And they came here to Belize. They only weigh about 15 pounds each. And I mention that because some of these animals I want to talk about here in Belize are really scary animals. And they can hurt humans, and they can certainly hurt dogs, domestic animals. Uh, and they can even be fatal if, you know, if you if you can't... Uh, get help in time for your animals. So, needless to say, going back to that fear that I was talking about a minute ago, I had some fear that bringing my dogs to Belize and living here full-time in Belize, that eventually one of our dogs was going to encounter some of these animals and be get really sick or perhaps die. That was my fear. And I say was because... Hopefully, (laughs) I believe I've been able to change that energy. I do believe I've changed that energy of the fear to one of balance. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I am, as I said, a biologist and an energy worker. It's been my great passion in life to study animals in the wild, or just animals in period, period. Animal behavior is very interesting. For years, I worked as a zookeeper uh, in zoos, taking care of wild animals, and just being around animals of multiple different of multiple species. And when we take the time to stop and to tune in with our hearts, to really hear the animals, we can understand them. And we'll be talking about that today and doing some meditations to. Um, to really get in touch with your inner, your sacred heart, and you talking to the animals, doing a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> I have to laugh because my dog just barked in the other room, and I've got one of my feet here right now as I'm recording this. Uh, so I guess they're agreeing with me <laughs> that we can talk to the animals. So the first story I want to talk about is... Uh, we'll get into the one where really it's the fear of 
hurting my my puppies, if you will. But the first story is about army ants. And this is an interesting story because I never really thought about army ants being here. I've been quite aware of and becoming to Belize for many years, um, the last 30 years actually, off and on, and did my graduate research here in this country with the animals and with people on ecotourism, uh, you know, going out to see the animals. So I'm aware of a lot of the species that exist here, particularly things like howler monkeys uh, and iguanas and parrots, and we'll talk about a couple of those today. But I'm very interested in leafcutter ants. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They are very interesting species of ants that make these huge mounds in the forest I mean like meters across, there's 10 meters across, huge mountains, uh, that they come and they, they take leaves, strip leaves off of trees and vegetation, and they bring them into their mounds, into their underground chambers. They let it mold, and they grow the mold on the leaves, and that's what they eat. Um, I haven't looked them up in a while, so... You, I encourage you to investigate that and learn more about leafcutter ants. But I hadn't really thought about army ants. Now, army ants are called the cleaner ants of Belize. And by what I mean by that is they clean everything. They come through and they march through, just like a, you know an army would. They come in a, first of all, a wide, a wide um, colony a wide stretch, and then they narrow down to a trail. And that's important to know in that they, as they're cleaning, as they're marching through, they're stirring up all the insects and all the little invertebrates and or vertebrates um, from, you know, any kind of insect to geckos. Uh, and they'll stir them up and they'll, of course, kill them and eat them for food. They'll march them back to their their lair, <laughs> their nest, which moves quite often. And they also attract birds. And this was very interesting to me because, of course, as they stir up the insects, as they go across the ground doing that, uh, trying to find the food, the insects will come out of hiding. And the birds then, will, who are waiting on trees, branches above, or palm fronds, or just in the air or sitting on a fence post will come down and swoop up the insects as well. So I learned that you can tell, and this was after I already had an experience with army ants, we'll get into that in just a minute, I learned that when you see a bunch of birds in your yard or somewhere around, there's probably army ants underneath marching to stir up the insects. So what happens here in Belize is most of the houses are made of wood. And tropical hardwoods do really well in the climate, but over time they can get termites, or certainly they will attract insects in the wood. So army ants will come through houses, you know, like through your windows or your doors, <laughs> and, and come in and clean the house of, of roaches and spiders and geckos and larvae and eggs of these various species. So people around here have learned to live with them. I guess what they do is they simply take off and leave for a couple hours, 
as the army ants marched through your house, cleaning all of the the um, the animals and they come out of hiding in your woodwork, literally. <laughs> um, and Belizean dogs, dogs in Belize bark. They are the ones that ward off, you know, intruders. That's their job. <laughs> and our dogs have suddenly like, oh, I'm in Belize. I can bark. I hear something. So <laughs> it's just pretty funny, these lessons. So back to the army ants. They are a species that will come in and clean your house. Now, obviously, I really don't like the idea of army ants coming through my house because, first of all, I have dogs, as you see. And they are small, and they can't get away. You know, if we... Um, the ants can get stuck in their hair and, and could, be, could bite them and really cause anaphylactic shock. They, you know, they could get really ill from these ants. So that's not an option. Uh, we happen to be living in a concrete house. More and more people are building concrete houses, adobe style, like I guess you'd find in, for example, New Mexico, Arizona, or California, wherever these dry climates are that generally will put in um, these adobe style houses, which is much better. However, obviously you have a door open, you're letting in the breeze, or you have a window open and they climb up the windowsill, up the wall of the house, they can still be a problem. The army ants can. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Let me get a, a sip of water here. <clears throat> While you listen to my dogs ward off intruders, whatever that may be. So, one evening, my husband and I were cooking dinner. We had just fed the dogs. Um, you're going to hear all the other dogs here in the neighborhood barking because obviously one set of dogs sets off another set of dogs. <laughs> so just enjoy the, the barking in the background. Um, we were cooking dinner and we had our screen door we had our door open with the screen door in place. And we're letting in the evening breeze. It was just before sun, about an hour before sunset. And I feel something on my feet crawling up my leg, crawling up my ankle. And I look down, and there are these ants that are on my shoe and on my ankle. And I go to brush them off, and they're big. They're about a half inch, about a centimeter long each. Um, you're getting a chorus of the dogs. How beautiful they're singing for us. <laughs> uh, so... I, I brush them off, and then I realize they're coming in the door, under the door, and under the screen door, and they're across our kitchen floor. And I go, holy moly, this is not a good thing. They're marching into our kitchen. So I grab a broom, and I open the door, and I start sweeping them out. And, and they're all over our porch, and we start sweeping them. My husband goes out, and they're in this... Fortunately, a trail into our house, but it's a wide swath on the porch, as I mentioned. They'll spread out, trying to stir up the insects. Now, the porch is all concrete. There's no insects on it. So we were able to sweep them out of the kitchen and out the porch and onto the ground. But then I get on the phone and I call our landlady and I go, what do we do when these ants are watching coming in the house? And, and she said, do you have any insect spray? And, and just the other, and I will just point this out, follow your intuition. 
because this is so important. I had the other day been shopping at a grocery store, a local supermarket, and I saw a can of off spray, which is insect repellent. You know, it's something you would spray on you to repel the mosquitoes or that type of thing. And I said, well, it's not rainy season yet. It's actually dry season. And we don't really need this yet because there are no mosquitoes. But let me just buy a can of this just in case because rainy season is next month and, and I might as well do this. And so I did. I bought a spray of off. And so I had that. And I said, well, I have this. And she said, spray lightly across the threshold of the door and they won't cross the threshold. I thought, okay, this is great. So we get all the ants out of our house, we sweep them out, and we try. I mean, they're still there, and we're taking, we're trying to smush. I normally don't try to kill wildlife, but in this case, ants have invaded our house, and it's our territory, and my mother bear instinct took over, and I'm like, this is my domain. You do not belong here. You will die if you are here. So that was my my actions at the moment, and we had to take a metal spatula to literally kill these ants because they're so hardy. They, you can't just hit them with a shoe. That doesn't work. Just FYI. <laughs> so anyway, we're getting them out of the house. We cleared the house of the ants. We're now on the porch, and my husband's sweeping them off the porch. We're starting to spray around our patio to keep them from coming up on the patio, we realize they're going all the way around the house. And they're across our backyard. Um, of course, at this time, I had to say, from the very beginning, when the ants came, the very first thing I said to my husband is, get the dogs in the bedroom. Like, move all of the dogs out of the kitchen. Um, and fortunately, we were able to do that right from the beginning. And then, of course, we started dealing with this ant issue. So we were able to get them out of the house. We watched them as they formed a trail around the house in the yard. And then I went into energy mode because now that I felt some sense of safety, some sense of the emergency is gone, they're not in our house, they're just around our house, I said, okay, ants, I have to talk to you about this. I have to make a deal with you. I have to say, our expectations are this, that our house is a safe haven, that our house is a sacred space, that our house is a place of peace for both humans and dogs. And a few animals can be allowed in this house, like our geckos, which we can talk about in a minute, but you are not. You're not allowed. You can have the yard, though. I'll allow you to have the yard, and do what you need to do. And as I spoke to them, I realized they were forming a nice tight trail in the yard, and they're carrying what I thought at the time was little insects with them. You know, they're carrying all these little other... It turns out that it was their larvae. It was eggs that they were carrying, but they were long. They were big uh, on the backs of all the ants. And they're marching in this trail that goes for all around the house, from the neighbor's house, the neighboring yard, you know, and they're marching and going and they're they're staying, they're going around our front porch. We had to spray across our front door as well. 
and keep them off the front porch. <laughs> so we were being invaded by both the backyard and the front yard. Uh, but we, we saw that to keep them in the yard, in the grass, in the yard, and not in the house. And as they marched around, they formed this nice trail, carrying their eggs to where, wherever they were moving their nest. And so I was able to then tune in energetically to the ants. And first of all, let's talk about that conversation. So that conversation was, I went into my sacred heart. I went into that holy place, if you will, of my heart. And I went into that place where um, there's so sense of peace. There's All the fear is eliminated. As I said, I was able to get them out of the house, so I wasn't so fearful of being around them. And actually, you can walk around them when they're in a tight trail because they're in their trail and they're not venturing out. Of course, if they're spread out, you can get bit and you can get... Um, you know, them all over you where they'd sting you. But but if they're in their tight trail, they're actually pretty easy to be around. And so I was admiring what they were doing. I was in that space of appreciation and and in that gratitude of thank you for staying out of our house. And really, that was the sense of the conversation. I heard from them that we are here to clean the earth. We are here to bring things back into balance. Very much, and I'll digress for a second, About just like the COVID-19 virus is here to clean the earth and bring things back into balance. It's here to bring attention to what ne- what is out of balance. And the ants were saying the same thing. They were saying that here is a time when humanity or the 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 insect population is out of balance, it's too high, and we need to bring it into balance. So, I was hearing that from them. I was also hearing organization, structure, is important. That it's important for everyone to work together. And it's important for everyone to, to in our human terms, be on the same page, or in ant terms, be on the same trail. And it's important for certain roles to be played. The soldier ants, who were bigger, would be marching up and down the trail. They would be going actually in the opposite direction of the main ants, uh, ant march. And they'd be checking things. They'd be scouting. Uh, there were obviously those who were carrying the eggs, the workers, the, the ones who were doing the main job of the colony. And so each had their own role to keep the colony safe, to find the food, to move the nest, which is what this particular ant invasion was doing. They were moving their nest. They weren't so much killing all the animals, the insects around for food, um, but they were moving their nest, their larvae, to another place. And I found out later, as I posted this on Facebook, that we had this experience with our with this, these army ants, a woman here in Belize, who's head of the uh, Community Baboon Sanctuary, um, I'll give a shout out to Miss Jessie Young. Uh, she has done this amazing work of keeping the Howler Monkey Reserve 
uh, intact for many years and working with the villages and the people there to preserve these howler monkeys. She said, oh, the ants are moving. That means the rains are coming. <laughs> and and realized that this was the dry season. This was when Belize had not seen rain for months, like four or five months. And the ground was cracked and parched. The palm trees were starting to turn yellow. And it was extremely hot, up to 107 degrees Fahrenheit, which is something like, I don't know, I want to say 42 degrees Celsius. It was very hot. And so this afternoon, this evening that I was talking about, and subsequently into the morning, uh, it turns out the ants were still marching. At 5 a.m. when we woke up at sunrise, they were still marching around our house. But they had stayed around the perimeter of our house because I had talked to them and I had pleaded with them (laughs) and I had shown them gratitude of thank you, thank you, thank you for staying out of the house and you were allowed to be in the garden, in the grass, around the house, doing whatever you need to do for your colony, but please stay out of our house, keep our house clear, and stay in the garden. And 14 hours later, they were still marching around our house which is really unheard of, that it's taking so long. You can imagine how many millions of ants were in this trail because they had been marching straight for 14 hours, moving their larvae, moving their nests. And finally, 14 hours later, around 7 in the morning, they were gone. They left our property. So I'll take a pause here, take a breath. It was pretty amazing. So Miss Jessie said the rains would come. And sure enough, that night, so they had originally come, we'd seen them at five in the evening. They were still marching at seven in the morning. Well, that night of of the morning the next day, the rains came. And so they, had, they left our property at 7 in the morning by like 4 or 5 in the afternoon and certainly after sunset at 6 the rains came in these torrential rains that sounded like a freight train going through almost like a tornado but it wasn't but these amazing rains the skies just let loose in these rains the first rains of the rainy season after so many months of dry. So the ants knew. The ants knew it was going to rain the next day. And they decided to move their nest to a safer place. And here we have the bounty and the beauty of this experience to meet these ants, literally, in our kitchen and on my legs, and to say hello to them. Hello is a very powerful word in the universe, to say hello to them and to be able to experience them in their beauty, in their their meaning of being the cleaners, of being those that bring about balance and that work actually in harmony with people and then making an agreement with them 
to to say, please, you're you're allowed to stay in the garden, but not in the house. So that was our experience with army ants that time when the rains began. And then, <laughs> I will add a, an addendum to this, because we've had several other experiences with army ants since that time, particularly the next time when I said I saw the birds. And so one day we realized um, that with all these birds were in our yard, and I went out, and sure enough, the army ants were in a trail across our, our backyard, and the birds were picking up the insects. As I said, this time, the army ants were simply marching through the yard in a couple of hours, and that's what people say. If they come into your house, they're gone in a couple hours. So you just get up and leave <laughs> and, and come back in a couple hours and they're gone. And still, I'm not willing to make that concession or agreement with them. And so this day, I was sitting in my... Uh, after I had noticed them with the birds, I was sitting in, in our office, in the, the second bedroom, which is our office, and I had the windows open. And I realized there's an ant on the windowsill. And I went, oh my gosh, wait, they're coming in the window. Because the screens are not completely, you know, at the bottom, there's always a little cap uh, where the screen meets the window. And I realized, oh, the army ants are crawling up the wall, the outside wall of our house and coming in the window. So I go grab the spray and I spray the windowsill and I close the window. And it's a slider window, a metal window. And then I run around to the outside, and I, you know, again, they were starting to come on our porch. And so I had to sweep them off the porch, and the front porch, and put some spray on the edge of the porch to divert them. And this time, they are stirring up the insects. So I'm seeing centipedes and millipedes and grasshoppers and geckos and spiders and all kinds of insects that are being ousted from the grass and ousted from the plants. <clears throat> from the plants around our house. Uh, and by the way, here in Belize, in the tropics, it is best to not plant any vegetation within two feet of the walls of your house. <laughs> For this very reason, you don't want the insects to be up against your walls so that the ants and everything can come next to your walls when they're going through the vegetation. Well, this house that we're renting actually has plants these beautiful bushes and things right up next to the walls. So that's why the ants had gotten on the walls. So here I am, I've closed the window. We go around the house and close up the windows and make sure they're secure and that we sprayed a little bit in the windowsill. And the ants march around our house and they're stirring up the insects and we're watching all of this and the birds are there. And within a couple hours, they're gone. So... It was like, thank you, ants, for abiding within your agreement <laughs> to stay out of the house and stay in the garden. We really appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we've had this agreement. Now, I do still feel it's not out of fear. It's out of awareness that I do feel I still need to be vigilant and watch. Watch for the birds, for example, and see where the ants are. And subsequently, we've seen them, the birds in the property next door, which is just an open field. So it's not affecting anyone, but we live near a cow pasture. <laughs> so cows go by and 
and horses occasionally. And so sometimes that we've seen the ants on the trail of an edge of our property and going into that field next door where the birds are and obviously picking up the insects that the ants stir up. But we haven't seen them come near our property again. It's, and at the same time, I feel like I need to be aware and watch and be around to close windows, to be able to, to deal with it if I need to, to just encourage the ants to stay in the yard. So I learned from the ants, first of all, we can make agreements with animals. We can, um, we can make a pact with them. We can say, I want to do you no harm. I don't want to kill you. I want you to exist. I know you have a place in the world. I know you're here as a great benefit to the world, actually, to bring things back into balance and harmony. And I want to allow you to be in my life uh, in the sense that I can appreciate you, what you're doing in the, in the yard next door, <laughs> or perhaps occasionally through our yard, but not too often. Uh, be in the fields next door. Be where people and animals can be safe around you that are our particular loved ones, our animals, our dogs. <clears throat> so that's the agreement we have with the army ants. I'm going to take a sip of water. Hold on. <clears throat> and so far it's worked great. Um the one caveat, I will say, which was kind of funny because the energy is energy. Energy is powerful. This is how we create things, is we put it out there, what we want to see, what our expectations are, what we want to draw to us. And that is what we bring into our lives. So I told the ants that they could have our garden. They could be in our garden. But that was the army ants I told, <laughs> I had the agreement with. And I knew that after a couple hours, they would be gone. So that was okay. Then we could use the yard for the dogs. You know, we could walk around, uh, etc. But I didn't realize I wasn't specific enough. Because the, the next week after that, I'm walking through the yard. And I see this patch of earth that is this beautiful black soil that's come up to the surface. This new earth that's been dug. And I realized, oh, I think this is an ant mound, but it's not an army ant mound. It's a fire ant mound. And so I get a rake, and I stir it up just a little bit, and sure enough, thousands of little red ants come stirring up from the center of this black mound and crawling all over, attacking the rake. And I go, oh, holy moly, we've got fire ants in our yard. That's not good. Because fire ants, again, can be very harmful to both people and pets. And I've dealt with them before in the United States, in Georgia, where I've come from, in Texas, where I used to live. And I went, okay, I understand I made an agreement that the ants could live in our yard, but it was meant to be temporary. <laughs> it was meant to be an agreement that was short-lived, not permanent. So I had to sit down and talk to the fire ants and say, you are not welcome in our yard. You're welcome to be outside of our yard. You're welcome to be in the fields or the, the road or the, 
the unused pastures. You're welcome to be there, but not in our backyard that we use for our dogs. So I have to tell you, we went through a lot of um, Googling to figure out how to get rid of fire ants because I wanted to do it in a natural way. And of course, I know energetically I can ask them to leave. And if we make an agreement beforehand about not being in our yard, then I know they won't show up. But because I had made an agreement with the ants, quote-unquote, and not specifically army ants, that they could have our garden, I had actually invited them to our yard. Now hear me out here, because again, it's the law of attraction. It's what we put forth. I had invited them. And I said, okay, you're not invited. This wasn't meant to be for for long-term use. So we had a conversation. And I said, I'm sorry, I have to... I have to get rid of your mound, or you have to move it. And we found out that there are are biodegradable ways, there are biological... They still kill the ants, I want to say this, but there are non-harmful to the environment ways that you can get rid of fire ant mounds. And one of them is just boiling water, for example. My husband actually went down to the local hardware store and and asked about ant sprays, and and because we have dogs, we didn't want to put anything poisonous into the ground, because this is a yard that the dogs use, and they graze on the grass, and they, you know, they're sniffing and putting their nose on the ground and in the holes of all over the place, tarantula holes that we'll talk about later <laughs> in another another show. But anyway, they. They've said, well, you can put boiling water there, or you can put soapy water there, or you can actually, we Googled and found out orange oil, which is the oil of orange, it's the essence, the, um, the essential oil of oranges, is used for, car- for cleaning, it's a concentrate. You can make a bucket of orange oil and water, and you can pour that on an ant mound, and it will kill the ants. So... We used a combination of some of the of, of boiling water and orange oil um, to to kill the ant mound, and I did warn the ants beforehand, and they did move a, a few feet, <laughs> but it wasn't like they moved out of our yard. So I said to them, "Okay, we're going to destroy your mound, but if you want to move your queen." You know, do so. Move your queen and move your essence and start a mound somewhere else. And again, I got this amazing conversation of, you know, we're here, very much the element of fire, very much the element of of, of fury, of anger, of... um, I'm, I'm saying that it wasn't... It wasn't angry... But it's that passion, it's that fire, it's that defensiveness that we all have within us. I felt from the ants. Like I understand how to defend. And we are all supposed to defend ourselves and defend our rights to be here on the planet, to defend our space, to create, I'll say, a safe haven for each of us to have. So in talking to the fire ants, 
I discovered, unlike the army itch, which simply march, it's about structure, it's about routine, it's about cleaning and balance, and it's about the individual roles, how they mesh together. Those were the lessons I was learning from the army ants. From the fire ants, I was learning it's okay to be defensive. It's okay to be that mother bear that, that defends her cubs, that says, this is my territory, this is me, this is my property. Um, of course, we are, share it with the earth. I'm not, I don't own anything. But I say my property, my space that I live in, this is my space, and no one else's energy belongs in it. And so to create a sacred space, it was okay. I learned from fire ants that passion, that fire of defensiveness. And to be assertive is okay. It's good. Um, To really make the colony work and to keep it healthy and whole. And so I made an agreement with the fire ants, you can exist elsewhere, but not in our yard. And we were able to finally, after many, many tries of, of attempt of, of pouring this orange cleaner, orange oil, essence of orange, and or boiling water on the ant mound to have the ants disappear and make it safe. But I will say, the lesson we learned from this as well, the benefits that I received from having the ants came in our backyard, is it spurred our husband and I. We had actually gone out the day before we found the ant mound. And this is, the, this is again, about using your intuition. Just like I used the off spray, the insect spray with the army ants, the day before we had found the fire ant mound, we went to the fencing company and bought some new fencing material to make our front yard actually safe for the dogs so that we could go out the front door and the dogs would be enclosed in a fenced-in area. And we also fenced in our little patio, which was just the concrete patio. We fenced it in on the railings and made a little gate so we could go out there and sit in the lawn chairs and, and just enjoy the patio, but not had the dogs go out into the grassy part of the backyard. So again, the timing was impeccable (laughs) in that just as we had finished fencing in those alternative areas for the dogs, that was the very day we discovered the fire ant mound, the next day. And so we couldn't use the backyard. So what is it? Well, now we have the front yard. We can let the dogs go out and go potty or, you know, sniff around or... We have the patio. We can sit there with the dogs. So it was this amazing, harmonious dance with nature that after the army ants, I said, let's go ahead and fence off these other areas because when the army ants are going through, we can't use the backyard. We can't use the front yard either if they're going through there. But at least we'll have these alternative areas. And then, so thank you, army ants for having spurring us on to making these other areas for our animals. And then the fire ants show up, and we have to use them. It took like a week to get rid of the fire ant mound. And so we were able to use these alternative areas for our dogs. That was pretty amazing. So I'm learning 
that we can talk to nature. These are just two stories, and I had a whole list of stories to to share with you. Um, we're getting almost to the end of the of the show today. I guess I can put in one more animal. Mm, let's see. Well, we were going to talk about scorpions and geckos and iguanas and parrots and maybe tarantulas and then this yellow-breasted flycatcher as well. But let's see, which one shall I choose? <laughs> I will I will talk about the tarantulas right now. The scorpion story is much longer and it does involve our dogs. But um, let's talk about tarantulas before the end of this show. And then another show, we'll talk about the scorpion. So tarantulas. Now, here in Belize, that's a common species of spiders. They're black and hairy and big. The ones I've seen locally here are only about two to three inches across. Um, I've seen them, though, as big as like five inches across. But they here really two and a half, three inches at the most um, across, but that's still big. I mean, that's, you know, that's not a small spider. <laughs> and there are the other spiders here, wolf spiders and all kinds of other spiders. And I knew they were there. And of course, the dry season, again, is, is hard on the animals everywhere. And they're looking to come inside to stay cool. So one day, we discovered a tarantula on our kitchen counter behind a, a bucket that I had and a, a plate of oranges that we had bought. And so I was moving the oranges out, and suddenly this tarantula was there on the kitchen counter. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's a tarantula in our kitchen. What do I do? And, of course, the first thing I look, first thing that goes to my mind is how beautiful you are. He was absolutely beautiful. And I didn't really want to kill him. I wanted to try to put him outside, but, you know, again, it's my first experience with a tarantula in having to deal with him. Well, that's not true. I had years ago had one in my bedroom crawling across my bed, but I called for someone else to come deal with that, and they did. Um, but this one, I'm like, okay, what? how do I capture a tarantula? I'm not quite sure. I didn't have a big enough jar or something, a hand. I didn't think about getting a broom to actually sweep them on the floor. And of course, still, the dogs are in the house, so I'd have to move the dogs out of the way if I wanted to go get a broom. And I was kind of concerned the tarantula might move, and I couldn't find him again. And then he'd be in our house still. So unfortunately, I grabbed a shoe. I can't remember whether I grabbed my husband's shoe that was like laying on the floor, or my shoe. I think I took off my shoe anyway. And I killed him. I smushed him. He was not fast. He was just sat there. And, and I felt so bad because he was so beautiful. And I thought, I'm so sorry to have killed you. And I really want to thank you for showing me, first of all, what you look like. And second of all, to then make an agreement of all your tarantula brothers and sisters to, first of all, apologize to them that I took you away from your family and that then please make an agreement to stay outside again, just like the army ants. Um, 
to stay out in our yard. And, and there are many tarantula holes in our yard. They create these holes that are about two inches across. And as one local um, resident told me, if there's a web across the top of the hole, sort of a light, a light film of webbing, the tarantula is in the hole. And if there's no webbing, that means the tarantula is out and about, you know, prowling around looking for food. So we've seen them in both, in both, um, in the hole and out of the hole. I now know where the holes are in the yard, and I say hello to the tarantulas every time I walk by. Um, and I leave them alone. You know, it's like, okay, you can be in the yard. Uh, you can exist in our yard, but not in our house. So we had this conversation, and again, I'm learning all creatures are beautiful. The tarantulas are beautiful. They are they are really gorgeous. And of course, they're here also to keep down the insect population, to create balance. They feel very intelligent to me. Not that all the animals aren't. The army ants are intelligent. The fire ants are intelligent. I invite you to have conversations with your animals. So basically, the, the tarantulas and us made an agreement. Of, you can be in the yard. Please leave our dogs alone. Please stay in your hole. <clears throat> we found dead tarantulas in the yard who, I guess, got overheated and died. And the dogs have found them and kind of knows them. And I picked them up and, and thrown them into the pasture uh, just so our dogs won't bother them. But I haven't seen a live one crawling across in the yard yet. Um, and no more has appeared in our house. So those are the animal stories that I just encourage you. Uh, we're getting toward the end of the Peace Brain Show. This is Dr. Gail Lash. Um, I encourage you, and I'm not going to go into a peace brain meditation right at the moment, except to say, I encourage you to talk to the animals, to tell them what you expect. And of course, <laughs> I have to laugh, because the dogs are now in the neighborhood barking at something. They're agreeing. They want to talk to you. The animals want to talk to you. They want to make an impression on you. They want to live harmoniously with you and be in those agreements of well, how can we live together? How can we be a harmonious between humans and nature? So go listen to the animals. Go into your sacred heart and really listen to the animals and tell them what you expect and admire their beauty. Be in that space of gratitude and gratefulness and admire their beauty and their balance that they bring. What is their lesson you can learn from them? Is it structure? Is it aggressiveness? Is it um, gratitude? Is it calmness? Is it peacefulness? So, thank you for listening to the Peace Brain Show today and my stories of the army ants and the fire ants and the tarantulas. And I invite you to come back for another time. We'll talk about the other animals in Belize. And thank you for tuning in to the Peace Brain Show again. This is your host, Dr. Gail Lash. You can find out more about me at tourismforpeace.com. And I encourage you to 
create these places of peace around the world and be these places of peace within your heart. Thank you. Namaste. Many blessings. Thank you for joining us on the Peace Brain Show. You can find us at tourismforpeace.com. Be sure to check out Dr. Gale's Akashic Records readings, her peace master plans for your business or organization, and her book, Hashtag Opt for Peace, Nine Essential Steps to Achieving Peace, Power, and Prosperity. Tune in to BBS Radio, Station One, every other Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern to the Peace Brain Show for your installment of wonder, inspiration, and practical peace.